As I say, we, we probably should start. It is uh, it is unnatural doing this this early in the week. It feels wrong. It feels like it feels like getting your Christmas presents two weeks before Christmas. It's like no, that's they're not they're not the same now. Mm. And you know, Mel is actually she'll be in here uh, in a while as well. Will she? Yeah, social media Mel. Never here on a Friday, but um, during the during the oh. earlier part of the week, so she may make an appearance. Wow, that Mm. would be something to look forward to. It'd be very interesting. Speaking of looking forward to, your wild card is happening today. We shall see. Regardless. We shall see. Regardless of what else happens, I need to know what what this wild card is all about. Um, And you know, I've done my my marking out on the rest of the bits, but not on that. So it's going to be a bit, it's been sitting there for so long, it's got cobwebs on it. Well, I like Halloween, and I'm looking forward to finding out how to become the most interesting person in any room. Well, you're normally the most interesting person in any room. There's usually just the two of us there, though, in the room. <laughs> That's fair. So. Okay. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I'll take the compliment, but I don't know. Don't I don't know how much it counts for. I hear what you're saying. Okay, we're a minute and 20 <laughs> in. In order to get to the end of that, we need to yes. start early. Hello, and welcome to Look If You Listen. The podcast with two old radio heads going through six subjects in about 30 minutes with their opinions and stories thrown in. And bear in mind, we don't know what each other's subjects are. You're welcome to contribute. Look at it at uniquemedia.ie or tweet. Look at podcast on Twitter. Before we start, though, um, yes. Shay was in touch. We were talking about, about tonsils last week. Oh, yes. Now, Shay, who doesn't like my dog. Not a fan of the dog. Not a fan, although he, like yes. he, he backtracked on that as soon as we said it, but nonetheless, <laughs> not a fan of the dog. He got his tonsils out twice. Twice. Yep, they grew wow. back. Wow. And they had to get taken out again. Yes. God, they're really freaky. I mean, that'd be a really cool thing if it was anything but tonsils. If it was, you know, your a leg. Heart yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, your tail, something <laughs> like that. That's it. That would be very cool. Got your taken out twice. Organs. Oh yeah. Wow, double the jelly and ice cream. This is it. I don't know the full details. It came that came third hand to me, but uh, yeah, he is one of those people whose tonsils grew back. He is like, uh, yeah. What was I watching recently? The boys and one of the superheroes, his body parts regenerate. So maybe Shay is actually a superhero his his spotty parts what exactly would that's Mel there what would the, what would the spotty parts be I did say body parts oh I thought spot- you said it came I just heard <laughs> spotty parts I'm thinking what I, I know some of these superheroes that they're, they're <laughs> odd I, and I don't watch those movies but he's got spotty parts okay explain that one then <laughs> so the boys is an excellent series on Amazon Prime that I love yeah um, about it's kind of a dark superhero thing where the superheroes are not so super, but they're kind of have this. It's all basically you'd love it. It's about like pure. You wouldn't like it because it's about superheroes, but <laughs> they all have great pure, but they're all these terrible, terrible people for the most part, and it's it's fun. What but what I'm, what I'm watching? They have the- no. Spotty parts. Ah, no spotty parts, and they have spotty parts that grow back. What I'm watching at the moment, I'm so far, far behind in in the Netflix. I'm doing Gracie, Frankie, and Gracie. Have you seen that? Um, I remember putting it on about six or seven years ago, <laughs> and I don't think it stuck <laughs> yes, for me. It was very maybe it wasn't 
so maybe it wasn't six or seven years ago, but it was a little while ago. Yeah, it's anyway. a good while ago. But I, I, I yeah. well, I've been watching it for a while. I don't watch it that often because I don't watch it. Like, unless it's a documentary, I don't watch it. Uh, it's only the yes. odd time when I can't concentrate on documentaries. I.e., after a few beers, this goes on. It's very funny. I love Jane Fonda anyway, I have to say. But it's I love Jane Fonda. And it's the type of thing I would love. I just didn't get into it initially, so I never stuck with it. But apparently, it's great and people absolutely love it. It would. It, it's very good. I'm presume, I presume it's well finished at this stage. I'm probably on, on series two. But, and I will eventually get to, get to more. Anyway, we are now nearly five minutes in. So I suppose we should probably start. What is your first what's your current affairs subject news with neve from the irish examiner facts show gender quotas benefit us all long term now i was never a fan of a gender quota because i was like i don't know if i want to get a job just based on my gender i don't know if i want to lose a job based on my gender Hmm. but i'm pretty sure that both of those things have happened to me at different times in my life and that's fine because apparently all these these things benefit us so quotas are there to speed up the essential change that we are too prejudiced institutionalized and self-serving to make so they do address my qualms about uh feeling a bit condescended towards if i'm getting like i don't want to feel like a token woman in a Mm -hmm. room yeah but apparently we need it it's good for us and it is actually an effective way to make change without being overly condescending. Um, so they says many people have strong opinions on quotas and gender quotas in particular. They're always predictable, almost interchangeable, mostly parroted. So they're literally my opinions. Uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's like meritocracy versus, um, you know, having a gender quota. But the strong evidence has come out to say that this actually having the gender quota is a really good thing and that mediocre leaders select more mediocre followers in Mm. the old system Uh, so don't worry about the meritocracy because bias takes time to dissolve and allegedly allegedly this is the way forward Mm. gender quota if we had to have a gender quota in here we would have to sack a load of women yeah, we, you and I, I think, work in a place that is, work in a sort of an industry that is very female heavy. Mm. Even the radio, uh, I mean, I, the radio stations that I've worked on and, and run, um, we've gen- they've generally been, been female heavy. They got the job because they were the best ones for the job. Yes. Are you calling those females heavy? <laughs> I wouldn't dare to say that. No, because they'll get you. There's more of them than there is of you. There, there are. Actually, that reminds me. I remember when my, my dad was in a care home, right? And I was in there with my daughter, who is tall. Lisa is, is taller than me. <clears throat> that actually doesn't mean she's tall because I'm not that tall. But you know what I mean. Um, um, walk I think t- you're tall. You're taller than average. I'm probably average. Um, and Taller than I would give you taller than average. I would say taller than average. Yeah, but, well, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but go, go, going in one of the rooms and one of the women said, she's a very big girl, isn't she? And Meaning she's <laughs> very tall. Yes. And she still goes on about it. Yeah. You, you call can't me fat. say that. <laughs> Someone called me a big a big woman um, at the Imro Awards a few years ago. What? Some young person was like, "You're so big," and I knew I knew what he meant because he was like, "I didn't know you were that big." So what he meant was, "You're wearing heels," and I've never seen you in heels before. All right. But everyone else at the table went, oh, "Don't say." But you see, <laughs> the- I was like, "I don't care. I think I look great." Yeah. So. Well, obviously, <laughs> but, but the people people don't. I mean, particularly fellas, we we don't necessarily think when we say things like. You're very big. We mean what? What we mean is 
what we mean. I totally understood what he meant. He meant you're wearing five inch heels. Yeah. So that you're taller I than think, you previously were. <laughs> I think we, we just don't have the vocabulary you guys have, so we can't we can't uh, articulate it as well. Yeah, you have to um you have to it's all minefields and the things that you think like Dave, my um beloved, uh, once called a friend's wife a beast. He was like, oh, you're a real beast. <laughs> she's a brilliant athlete and she takes no prisoners and she's uh, she's on the Irish netball team and, and she she's a really slim, athletic, lean, spelt woman uh, and she's... Um, but it was it did not go down well, I think, <laughs> with the husband. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but I knew what he meant. She is... Um, she's an, she has... What he meant was you have impressive physical prowess and an excellent sporting track record but it didn't come out that way he just called her a beast okay but <laughs> the main thing is you knew what he was talking about and you could back him I up I knew what he meant yeah yeah <laughs> which is which is the main thing yes I suppose the, the only thing about this this podcast is it's perfectly gender balanced it is perfectly gender balanced except we've got Mel on social media yeah so it's it's uh, the balance is the other way the balance is the other way. Yeah, we'll be ousting you soon. <laughs> Goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what is your current affairs piece for today? You're going to love this. You Good. love you love wedding cake? Oh, I freaking love wedding cake. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Do you like a royal story? I like a royal story. I'm actually reading Battle of Brothers at the moment because I couldn't help myself. It's William versus Harry. Uh-huh. But um, yes. So I am a sucker for, I'm not like a big like royal fan or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I am interested in the politics. A slice of Prince Charles and Lady Diana Spencer's wedding cake nice. has sold. Right. Well, I'll put it to you this way. The bidding started at £300. Okay. What did it go for? For a piece of gone off cake, it went for €1,700 Euros sterling. That is a very good guess. 1850 1850 Wow. And what are you going to do? Is it assuming it's fruitcake? I, I don't know. Well, it was given to Moira Smith. She's a member of the Queen Mother's household at Clarence House who preserved the topping with cling film, right? It's from <laughs> one of 23 official wedding cakes. It features a sugared onlay of the royal coat of arms coloured in gold, red, blue and silver. Oh, that is my kind of current affairs story. <laughs> And it probably has currents in it. Exactly. Current, current affairs. Yes. There were bidders from the UK, USA and several countries in the Middle East. They all showed interest. Um, and it seemed to get far more attention than when we sold it with a Charles and Diana thank you letter 13 years ago, said um, uh, the guy from Winter Auctioneers in Gloucestershire. There you go now. Wow. I would have thought the thank you letter would have been worth I would have thought so too. Can- you can frame that and you can, you know, you can put it in your toilet. People can say, oh, wow, is that from Charles and Diana? Yeah. Well, they're, you know, doing their business. But with cake, where do you even keep that? I, I don't know. The, it was kept in an old floral cake tin and taped with a handmade label to the lid reading, Handle with Care, Princess Char- Prince Charles and Princess Diana's uh, Wedding Cake, which was signed and dated 27th of July, 1981. The family sold the cake to a collector in 2008 and it went up for auction again a couple of uh, weeks ago, 40 years after the pair were married. Well, I would have eaten this, so fair play to them for <laughs> resisting. Uh, I had another story about uh, some Elvis Presley hair up for, for auction as well, which was just, I wasn't sure which one you were going to go for. I reckon the cake one was probably more in your line, though. I freaking love wedding cake. Yeah, a big fan. <laughs> Did we find out, by the way, what the difference between currants and raisins is? 
No, we haven't found out yet. It remains a mystery. <laughs> Nobody knows. Feel free to contact knows. us. No. Last look at podcast. <laughs> Nobody knows what the difference Nobody is. Nobody can know these, no. these things. That's just it's like, why, why is there an L in salmon? I've been asking people this question recently because I only really noticed it when a friend pointed it out. Why is there an L in salmon? And why don't we pronounce it? Well, and you know I'm learning Spanish. Yes. They say salmon. Do they? They do. You're not going to eat salmon in Spain we actually we had this we had this discussion just before we come on no I don't eat salmon in uh, I don't eat it out because I like it I like it kind of translucent uh, not overly cooked and everybody cooks it a bit too much for me eight minutes nine minutes eight minutes into an oven yeah I think it's about 180 but it's a fan oven eight minutes nine minutes in there nice thick piece of salmon it'll be crusty on the outside and it will be um, just really nice on the inside and I would definitely overcook it for you. Hmm. There you if go. If you ever came to my house. There well, you go. Well, you know, given the times that are in it, we can't go anywhere. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> sometime in the future. Maybe sometime I will cook you salmon that you will feel dissatisfied about. Some salmon. It's something to look forward to. <laughs> exactly. We can sit around with Mel and pronounce the L. That's it. I have had some of your cakes. I mean, you did you did some um, what was a uh, cake you brought in one day? I think it was banana bread. Brought banana. in some banana bread. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's a good recipe. Name about that. Yeah, yeah. Have to say. <laughs> um, what have we got culture wise? Need for the recipe. Um, dinosaurs. Like dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs as well. And something that I absolutely loved when I was growing up was I used to live beside a beach where there were dinosaur footprints. I thought you were going to say was... I used to live beside Jurassic Park or something, but anyway. I wish I did, and their theme tune is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be very cool. But I didn't. I am obsessed with Jurassic. On a long haul flight, I once watched all five movies in succession. Nice one. And had the time of my life. <laughs> but my culture piece in yes. prehistoric culture, a prehistoric winged lizard has been unearthed in Chile. Scientists Ooh. in Chile have announced the discovery of the first ever southern hemisphere remains of a type of a Jurassic era winged lizard known as a pterosaur from the journal .ie. Fossils of the dinosaur which lived 160 million years ago in what uh, today and what is today the Atacama Desert. Now there's probably no chance of me getting that them. Um, <laughs> pronouncing that correctly. There you go. A pterosaur it's a cool looking yoke. <laughs> It was. It was it yellow. I think I saw the story on the yeah. journal. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't click into it for some reason because I like that kind of stuff. I love. I always read that kind of thing. It had a wingspan of up to about two meters, so you know, small but not too small. Mm. Long tail and a pointed snout. And I love these stories because I love the fact that dinosaurs we didn't know about them until kind of Victorian-ish era, mm-hmm. did we? Um, I and think then, you're probably right, yeah. So we didn't know about any of this stuff and I'm suddenly, you know, dinosaur mad. Well, I am, but... Well, what's not to like? They're cool. They're yeah. lizardy and they, they're not around to kill you. So, yeah. jokes on us, them, us. One no, of them, wait. does it matter? <laughs> <Was> some... <laughs> yeah, but I love hearing about new types of dinosaurs um, and I used to spend a lot of time when I lived in London. This is really sad. I used to go to the Natural History Museum myself and it's go to the good. dinosaur exhibition yeah, and just stand in front of the T-Rex because the T-Rex's eyes follow you around the room <laughs> and it kind of he's an animatronical where he moves <laughs> and he kind of he's just very vicious. So I used to just kind of stand in front of it and stare and then look at all the bones and then yeah. the constructed skeletons. Um, I lead a rich and full cultural life. Didn't have many friends, did you, when you were over there? 
The T-Rex is my friend. <laughs> We're very close. And they took Dippy away. I was so upset. I went to see Dippy when I visited London. You know the big um, Diplodocus or Diplodocus, however you, however you like it. She's the, the big skeleton in, it's in the, the foyer in the when you walk into the museum. And I went in to see her and there was a whale there. And I was like, that's not Dippy. That's not a dinosaur. But then I went to Glasgow to see a gig. Yeah. And I found Dip Dippy was in Glasgow, so I went to see her. Ah, very good. Again, sad, but I get my kicks any way I know how. Well, this is it. And you'd no friends in Glasgow, so you had to go and see your friend Dippy. Definitely don't have any friends in Glasgow. Yeah, and now I do. All right. What were you doing in Glasgow? I was going to see a Panic at the Disco gig. <laughs> right. Years ago. Yeah. Fair enough. There you go. But a lot of people had a great time. A lot of people don't go to. I mean, people go to Edinburgh. They don't go to Glasgow. You know. Yeah, and I wouldn't have had I not had a reason to go, and I had a wonderful time. Well, I'm delighted I'm glad for that you. I went exactly, Thank and you. so you should be. <laughs> yeah, it was great. What is your culture piece? Oh, we're keeping to time almost. Uh, a Ooh. funeral director. You love death as well. I also love death and funeral directors. I find them interesting and charming always. A funeral director has revealed some of the most bizarre burial outfits he's seen during his career. This is right up my alley. I know. I am really excited to hear about this. <laughs> Do tell. There aren't as many as I would have liked, right, to be fair. I mean, most people go for suave clothes for their final farewell. But for others, okay. they want their final outfit to be unforgettable, right? This guy is from Lawrence Jones <laughs> Funeral Directors in Bebbington in the UK. So how do you pick a, an outfit for your own funeral? Well, it's safe to say he's had a few. Ah, we've already done that. Okay. One guy got buried as Father Christmas. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because he he passed away in December. He looked, he had the beard and the whole lot. And he went into a pub dressed as, as Santa and all the kids were coming up to him. They thought he was Father Christmas. And then he used that to raise money for children's charities. So he wanted to be, he requested when he was, when he was being buried, he wanted to be dressed in a Santa suit. And they cremated him on Christmas Eve. Wow. All very seasonal. That's it, nice. It is indeed. It's um, a bit morbid for Santa, but... It know. is a little bit. Um, and, and that's about the worst, well, the best they come here. Some people prefer the comfy option like everyday average clothes. Other prefer the full formal suit, like military suits. Uh, they have to avoid certain things like metal, objects, glass, and even shoes during cremation. And we did something on that a couple of weeks ago. Um, what else have we got here? Um, there was one guy... Well, actually, but what about this first? It, it takes two people to dress the dead. I always wonder about the process. There you go. Two people. The coffin is always silk lined. And when we dress them, we put something protective underneath the clothing. Don't worry if you want to be buried nude. That's possible, too. <laughs> I know that's one of your favorite things, too. I hope it's an open casket, if that's the case. But they, he said he's had a couple of people who wanted to be buried in the nude. Someone wanted to be placed face down instead of the normal way so the world could kiss their backside goodbye. <laughs> there you are now. Actually, and, to their own. Yeah, and speaking of nude, which is another story, and it's kind of cultural as well. Did you see that the, is it Nature, Naturism, Naturist Ireland? They, they during COVID... They've almost doubled the amount of people who, who are in the group. Really? Yeah. Why? Because people want to walk around nude, basically, I presume. In a pandemic. Exactly. I assume they 
They can't gather anymore, can they? I, 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 listen, I read the story, but it was last week and I should have, I should have really picked, I should have known this, this was the place for, for it, really. Um, but th- th- apparently they go out, they, they don't just stick to their own, their own little beaches and whatever. They do go climbing mountains and things, but they just do it very early in the morning when people aren't there. You'd get a shock if you saw a clatter of naked people in hiking boots at 6am if you're going to do some deep thinking. Up a mountain. You're probably correct. You would, and that that beggars the question: Do they wear hiking boots? I'm going to assume they wear hiking boots, and uh, I I feel like fully nude with some equipment would be funnier. So kind of those stick yokes or a backpack. (laughs) I like that. I like that for them. Fully nude showing off their equipment is the way they do it. (laughs) (laughs) Boom boom. Literally, would it not be, would it not be cold of an early morning? I'm sure it would be. Again, I I, I quickly read through that read through the thing. I must find it. Well, it's no point now because I've just done it. But I was going to say I must find it and do it next week. But we well, one we won't be here next week, and two I've just done the bit. But uh, no, that they, they, they a lot of people. Yes, exactly. A lot of people have joined Naturist Ireland or Nudism, whatever they're called. I don't know. Fair effects to them. Yes, indeed. Get your kid off. Have a great time. Mm. Brilliant. Uh, I would not like to be buried in the nude. Um, I would not like to be buried, but yeah. I, I, I would. Um, I, I always think of that. I'm like, which is a good dress? I always think of that. I'm like, I kind of update it every few years. I'm like, which is my good dress to be buried in now? What would I look good in now, eternally? Um, so currently, it's a, it's a red number. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah. So if you see me, if I have anything happens and you see me in anything other than a red dress, you have to stop everything. You know what you should be buried in, and uh, the, the Scottish thing you wear, that the the. Oh, the dungarees. They're the brilliant. The dungarees of yeah. the family garden. <laughs> Best ever. That would suit me. That would suit me quite well, yeah. actually. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what you need yes. to do. Um, and and uh, I'm sorry, I won't talk about your death again. That's okay. I think it's good to be prepared. Yeah. To the organized mind, death is just the next great adventure. Oh, indeed. Ooh. I think. <laughs> you said that. I think. You said that like you almost believed it. Yeah, um, I I appreciate the creepy and the morbid, and I've always had a bit of a fascination with it. Fair enough. As you know. Yes, indeed. There is a woman, there's a woman you can hire. I saw it on Instagram the other day, and she's a kind of a, quite a young, very good looking, sort of gothic looking woman. And she, you can pay her to arrive at your funeral to cry hysterically before, during, and after the service as you like. So that your families, your family and friends think that you've gone to your eternal rest with a secret that nobody knew about. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can hire her and she can do that for you and then people won't um, won't know what to make of it. That so is... to really mess with the people that you love after, you, after you've died. That is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take her number from you um, when we finish. <laughs> yeah. I shall send you her Instagram details. <laughs> Thank you very much. What's the culture, Neve? No, we did that. What's the wild card, Neve? The wild card is from breakingnews.ie. Irish Baron offers home at his castle to animals released from wildlife hospital. Ooh. So there's this Baron, and again, I'm probably going to pronounce this uh, horribly. The Barrel of Dunsany. Dunsany? Dunsany, I think. I wonder. Dunsany, thank you. And you was embarrassingly wrong. What are we doing Randall. with a Baron over here? Are Barons not I like know. German? I know. But he offered his land for the soft and hard release of injured animals. So he's about 1,600 acres and he's rewilded 
about 750 of them and now he's offering them to the animals from the local hospital to take care of them. But the reason I'm saying this is because he looks so like a story, like a fairy tale baron that, or he could be a vampire, but he's definitely got some kind of like elven thing going on, like sort of one of those sort of, um, you know, Lord of the Ringsy type of yeah. elves. Uh, he looks wonderful and you wouldn't want anyone else to be a baron. This is this is what you want. I don't know if you can, you probably can't see oh, him. Oh, I can there. see him all right. He looks a bit, yes. a bit gothic all right, doesn't he? Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so he loves animals and he looks like a vampire. I wish I could be friends with this human. Because he sounds like the best person that I have ever... He looks a bit young to be a baron. I think of a baron, I think of a grey-haired guy with a beard, like him, except with grey hair, and also with one of those German helmets with a with a, a, a spike on the top. <laughs> now, that's a baron. He's not. He looks wonderful. He almost makes you want to just sit down and write a gothic novel. He does have that look he's standing in front of his fabulous home. And um, so you have oxes, oxes, otters, fox cubs, <laughs> buzzards. They've been released and... They are, uh, there's a danger that poachers will come and get the animals, so they're kind of patrolling the, the area. But uh, it's been going very well, and they have all kinds of critters and creatures coming back in, and he wants to help biodiversity and to prevent climate change, which we should all be trying to aid, mm. he says. So there you go. There's the most, I didn't know about him or about his good work, but he has absolutely wonderful hair. No more than yourself, I'm just impressed that we have barons over here. I know. <laughs> and now, without further ado, <laughs> the wild card that everybody has been waiting four weeks for. Three simple things that will make you the most interesting person in any conversation. I'm going to need this because when I meet the Baron, I need to have something to impress him with. Indeed. So, yes. first one is be intensely curious. So, how did you become a Baron? <laughs> what do Barons do? Do you, do you condition your hair? <laughs> Uh, is that colour your own? <laughs> it looks a little bit dark to me now, to be fair. It is interesting how if you, yeah, if you go into somebody's own world, they, they do find you very interesting because you're finding them very interesting. Yeah, be interested to be interesting. Well, curious people have better relationships, connect better and enjoy socialising more. In fact, other people are more easily attracted and feel socially closer to individuals that display curiosity. That is an excellent tip. That's okay. a simple tip. It is? Yeah. They're all you simple. Know, you never run out of things to say. No. Yeah, because you'll always be able to ask questions. Well, um, be a good listener. So ask the question and then listen to it. Yes. Listen to it. Pe- yes. That's, I need to learn about that one. <laughs> I think we both do. Um, people love to talk about themselves. Be the one who lets the other person talk first. Why? Uh, talking about ourselves triggers the same sensation of pleasure in the brain as food or money. No. Interesting. Yeah. God, it's making me think like therapy is a whole new line of benefits there. I'll tell you. Talk, talk about yourself for an hour. Yeah. You feel great. And three, this is going a lot yes. faster than I thought that than, than the build-up would have had would have suggested. Three, <clears throat> excuse me. Stop asking dumb and uninteresting questions. What counts as a dumb and uninteresting question? I, I, you see this to counter the effects of a boring conversation from the get-go. Be the more interesting person by asking questions like, "What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten?" Uh, now, if somebody opened with, "What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten?" I would, depending on the delivery, I would either want to absolutely be their friend or definitely, definitely not. That's the thing. Talk to them at all? Yeah, and it also kind of sounds like the sort of question that you 
ask in a class where you're learning a language and you have to yeah. you don't really have enough language to talk about. I remember being in boarding school in France and asking my peers what their favorite color was because I didn't have enough French to ask anything else. And they were like, what, what do you mean what our favorite was our favorite color? We're 16. Like, what are you? I was like, I don't speak French properly. So <laughs> yes, but that, that's, that's the, all I've got. That's the kind of thing that most breakfast radio programs are built on. What's your favorite biscuit, mate? What's your favorite color? Marvelous. Isn't it? Uh, love red. Red is marvelous. I actually find that really interesting. The, the what's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah, like I just, I love that kind of breakfast show talk. Oh, God. Like, you know, yeah, what's the what's the weirdest piece of clothing you've ever worn? Or, oh. yeah, what's the weirdest food you've ever, what is the weirdest food you've ever eaten? Me? Yes. I'm not that adventurous. I think we did this before. I've done kangaroo and crocodile and that kind of stuff. That's pretty adventurous. Mm, well, it, yeah. Okay, but I don't like things like beetroot. Okay, I mean, I like beetroot in certain circumstances. Cannot be doing with beetroot. I don't don't like onions, so, you know. Really? That's Hmm. inhibitive to most dishes. Love garlic. Interesting. Not a vampire. No. Unlike our barren friends. As far as you know, (laughs) Neve. I'd love if you were a vampire. That would explain why you're so good in the mornings, uh, because you just never sleep. So you just come into the radio center and you're just totally on it. Exactly. don't need to sleep. I don't need to sleep because I'm a vampire. You're on the witness protection program. I'm a vampire. What new skill are you learning? That's another one. Here's oh. one. Right. What's your personality type? <laughs> <laughs> if someone, if someone asked me that, I'd be like, of course, I'm really, really not interested in talking to this person. Anymore. That's it. Um, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go over here and stand in the corner. Is that okay? Yeah, and look into the corner. Yeah, exactly. Just like look, stare at the wall. Yeah. What does that even mean? I, I totally agree with you. And then the, the, the what's your calling or purpose in life? That Get out of here. And I already feel insecure because I don't know. Ah. So now you've made me feel bad about myself. <laughs> so no, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yes. By taking the initiative and making the conversation about the other person, this selfless act of shining the spotlight on someone else gives you the edge, making you the most interesting person in the room. That's it. I thought it'd be better than that. I hadn't read it since I kind of picked it off the internet about... God knows how many months ago. Good in theory, but I'm going to say they need to revise their questions. I, and I need to maybe hook things, not not spend as much time saying <laughs> things are, are, this is going to be great. This is brilliant. It is. I mean, they are very valid points. And if you can master that skill, I've noticed it in the, the really good presenters who I've had a chance to meet. They make you feel so special. And afterwards, you feel kind of like dirty afterwards. It's like, I know what they were doing. I know exactly what they were doing. But I fell for it. And I feel really special because they made it all about me. They remembered, uh, you know, details about my life. They asked me all about these things. And like, and then afterwards, you kind of feel played. You're like, oh, they're just really good at being charming. I know. I know how they did that. Damn it. Oh, and I loved it. And I wanted it to happen again. Yes. Oh, damn. Yes. It really yes. gets you. Again, I, so. I, I do say the odd time that we, we should video this just to see you because your, your expressions are fantastic. <laughs> when, you, when you really get into something, I'll tell you. <laughs> we know you're into it. We're just about finished, right? We're, we're off next week because we're, um, we're recording this on Monday, by the way. We're off next week because I'm away. Apologies about that. Somebody said to me, who was it? It was Mel actually said to me about the numbers on the on the on the podcast and um, what do they mean or whatever or how you know you must you must spend ages thinking of them no i think we've been through this before like when yeah. we're finished this when we, when we do the edit and put it together we look and we see what what episode it is and then we kind of pick something out of the air 
and Al does a lot of the picking because Al has the 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 big brain full well, of interesting d- facts. You know, you know what the problem is. You know, I mean, it, this is it, it, it's it's easy listening entertainment for 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 whatever for a half an hour. I'm sure you're the same. I've forgotten what we've talked about, <laughs> yeah. so that's why it can't really be anything Vampires. relating to the program. Yeah, exactly. I've forgotten that though. Like for example, the, the, the episode thirty-nine was something like from uh, Burlington Road to Ungar. And I think Kevin said, you know, the only uh, Ongar, is that not a place? Yes. The reason it was called that was because the 39 bus goes from Burlington Road to Ongar. So all of the titles are so cryptic that nobody but us can ever know what any of them mean. Correct. (laughs) Although someday we might do a whole episode and go through all the numbers and what they mean, but they're not that bloody interesting, to be honest. And we can do an accompanying uh, pamphlet. Exactly. (laughs) That we can distribute yes. in person. Actually, we'd be better off doing it over over a series of modules, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we can charge per session. I'm liking the way you're thinking. Yes. Mm. Monetize that podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> if other people can do it, we can do it eventually. Yes. Um, I reckon we need to start getting some interviewees, some guests in with their guest ideas. <sighs> I just want to meet this Baron. Okay. <laughs> Any excuse. Like just these great hair. Yeah, the, the the hair is impressive. What was his name again? Yeah. Just be, before we go, so that we can uh, we can get Mel maybe to to put a link to him. And um, Baron Va- oh, wasn't yeah, von Bismarck. I hope he probably um, would uh, be really freaked out by this. Randall Plunkett. Randall, <laughs> that's not a good name for a Baron. It doesn't even have a van in the middle of it. Uh, Randall, Randall Van Plunkett. Randall Van Plunkett. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm Randall Van Plunkett. Thank you. Yeah, good hair, loves animals. Yeah, is invited onto the show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, good hair, loves animals could just sum you up as well. That's just about our lot for today. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to comment or contribute, you can do that on our twitters at Look at Podcast, or you can email us at uh, you can email us. Uh, look at I'm <laughs> really doing this justice yeah. and look at at uniquemedia.ie that's it and social media mail will be all over this all over it thank you very much to Mel subscribe and leave a rating or review of your, on your podcast platform of choice and we would love that uh, thank you very much for listening we're off next week we will be back the week after that's exciting. He's all done. And I'm Neve Bennett. And we'll see you then. Mind yourself. <laughs> Bye. Look it. 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 Look